listening tonight I got a feeling that the cards just ain't right I'm so salty, must not give in to rage And I'm wondering what those rollers will say Scarves to the left of me, cheers to the right Here I am, gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Oh yeah <laughs> G'day everybody and welcome to the this the 20th episode of the Hidden City Roller Derby I am your host Simkov and joining me tonight is uh, Merlin the uh, rightful rightful wizard of Australia How are you sir? Doing all right. Um, has been beset by the plague, but uh, he's, he's <laughs> fighting healthy tonight. For, for I think he podcast. picked up whatever Johnny Shen had. <laughs> I was uh, I was hit with a poison, a scorpion clan poison of some description, <laughs> and and also uh, after a return from his uh, United States trip and a bit of absenteeism for the podcast. Uh, welcome back, Tori. Thanks for having me again. It's uh, it feels a little weird. It feels a bit like I'm an outsider, but um, no, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> I'm excited for this episode because we are actually stepping up our game. Uh, we we landed a pretty big fish for a lo-fi podcast. We've actually got a special guest who's going to come up later, don't we? We do. But let's let's leave. Let's build a bit of tension and maybe talk about a few <laughs> other things. And and who knows? Uh, it could be anybody. We might have Barack Obama <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> it might be. Oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> Imagine if we pulled that off. Mark Marin did it, and we're doing it too. <laughs> I reckon we could, man. You know, the sky's the limit for this cast. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I think we've got we've got a much better guest anyway. So, <laughs> so you guys it's been the Barack playing Barack Obama of L five R. You guys been flinging any cardboard lately? Virtual or physical? Do you want to go, Melon? Sure. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a little bit. Not too much, right? I think after Worlds, there was a whole lot of playing cards leading up to Worlds, so I took a bit of a break. But this weekend, I went into um, one of our local, friendly local game store tournaments. Um, Phoenix. Yeah. Merlin, you've got a bit of a... Looks like uh, Merlin's got some microphone issues, but... Uh... We do go to Top Deck Games uh, out in Sunshine in Victoria. Sunshine's a place and a state of mine. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a great, great little tournament. I think it was a, a season two kit. <laughs> so I think um, every single game that was played was won by dishonoring out the opponents. Am I right? Yeah, I think it was all, all backhanded top compliments. Yeah, <laughs> that's been the absolute card since I've been. I guess after Worlds, everyone kind of wants to lay low and just play jank. That's what certainly the uh, the mantra that I've been sticking to. You're uh, saying that it's jank? <laughs> no, I think I think the card's really good, and I think I mean I'm glad that a lot of uh, different clans can play it reasonably now because it means that like the the days of everyone just mashing five are kind of behind us. Like bidding's actually becoming a bit more interesting. But I've been loving the jank. Uh, the other night we we went to Casa, I don't know what's his na house name now, Kuden <laughs> Kristoff, and Christoph. I looked Christoph. over and I, like I saw it. I saw our illustrious host Simkov playing Void Fist in Scorpion, 
And then I looked over and saw the Imperial Librarian in Jay's deck. And I'm like... <laughs> oh, mate, it's great. Yeah. Hey, look, I was void fisting to victory at that tournament on the weekend, man. I mean, it wasn't wasn't a big tournament or anything. But I tell you what, void fist and hurricane punch, they're the new big cards to Scorpion. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> Well, there's nothing. There's nothing left to prove afterwards, is there? You just uh, you just playing to have fun, right? I've, you know? I've been basking in the afterglow, man. Oh. I had such a fucking great time. Like what an amazing the whole tournament. Trip, right? Yeah, and so I've just been relaxing. It's been great, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of just put a deck together, just you know, to just just a quick deck i guess but what i'm kind of looking forward to now is trying out all of the difference the things that you don't really get to try when you're preparing for events and things like that so cancon's coming up so between now and when i start to prepare for cancon i'm going to be playing crazy shit like phoenix monks or i don't know what, ring control who knows and what was it that you played on the weekend what was the what was the basic deck for our our listeners so it was a mill it was a dishonor mill style deck so lots of oracles and who's the imperial guy that makes you draw cards sep and truth seeker that's the one seeking the truth trying to get people to draw as much of their deck as possible and then going for a, a dishonor victory and i think to be honest it it kind of worked but i think it mostly just caught people by surprise yeah yeah well because because when i played you ben you were prepared for it and you were you were just having none of it <laughs> i think i also got a pretty good draw i you know what i think all of the karma from worlds which is such a wonderful experience everybody was wonderful the whole tournament was fantastic um everything about it was just amazing uh community building etc so i took all that karma and i won a local store tournament <laughs> I, and you, you know took what? your top 32 playmat and laid the smack down <laughs> laid the smack down it was a three round five player tournament like just <laughs> top tier top player Dude, you, you can only beat who they put in front of you man that's a premier event that's, that's FFG supported event my friend but but you know right. what unlike kote's this event this store event had a winner Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> wow, that didn't take us long. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, by the way, FFG, if you're listening, if you want to throw us some spoilers, you know, we're a big fan of you and the games you make. Uh, just, you know, Brad, Brad and uh, Tyler, yeah, shout out to us. <laughs> yeah, they don't <laughs> listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. No, so, yeah, I think it was a fun tournament and I managed, I think, like, watching people roll really, really low was fantastic is uh <laughs> i was playing against uh jay who was playing a crab deck just crabicorn but it's got fight on now fight on's really really good um it was a four turn game and the biggest character he got out was like a one on oh, no, a on turn four he bought out shrewd yusuke but apart from that like things were so desperate and he was rolling so low he had his um heater guardian with a watch commander a reprieve loading <laughs> it with spy glasses it was that was oh, his anchor that's... That's nice, right? <laughs> that was the guardian. He can't even buff himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all this great karma. Um, Worlds was fantastic. And I think the cherry on the pie, on the top of the pie, the icing on the cake for, uh, for Worlds for me, was seeing such an amazingly well-deserved champion just take the cup down, take the, take the glory, and, and do it for Crane. Nobody thought that Crane, or at least nobody that I talked to, 
thought that Crane was the favourite or even could win Worlds I had, based on I that. thought they couldn't win. I, yeah. I, I had counted them out along with Lion and maybe Unicorn. Yeah. But I guess, you know, I guess what we didn't count on? We didn't count on the new world champion, Eric, who's in studio today. Well, from the joining us from the Netherlands. Are you there, Eric? Uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> hey, mate, welcome to the pod. Thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> so la- last time we, we were hanging out was after the glorious uh, game completed and we were drinking at Joe Sensor's bar. And I'm pretty sure that I was ranting at you, Eric, for about 10 minutes. And I may have taken credit for your win at some point. Like I, was a few... <laughs> I was a few tequilas deep. But um, yeah, what did you think of... Uh, let's start at the top of the list. Let's let's start asking you questions. Uh, how did you come up to the decision to come to Worlds? Because I know for us, it was a couple thousand dollars minimum to kind of get over there. Um, sure you play a lot of L5R or...? Uh, yeah, I, I played a lot. And I think for me, it was about a thousand or a bit more um euros but um sure. during the year i inherited some money and i thought it would be a great purpose to uh have fun with it <laughs> and funny well, paid that, off right? man in hindsight it's got to feel pretty good to take the uh the trophy back home yeah it's really great and um they're paying my ticket for next year as well so it's kind of double oh doubles. wow so you get to that's, come back and defend well, I think yeah, that's, try and... that's maybe the best prize, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think after that experience, I'm very keen to come back. Um, and man, getting a play ticket is pretty phenomenal. We had um, Eric, yeah, Eric. Are you a Crane diehard? Were you always a Crane player? And did you play old Fiver, or was it just a, a decision you stuck to them from the new game? Uh, so I didn't play the old game i never heard about it until uh i was playing the new game and i didn't plan to really be loyal to any clan but i started with the crane and i just stuck ever since and now i'm now i definitely will be loyal to the crane for life is there anything in particular about crane that like appeals to you um i think mostly it's the other cranes like the community that we have that keeps me there but i also think the deck is a lot of fun uh i think you have a lot of options there's maybe not really super powerful stuff that some of the other clans have but um there's a lot of answers and a lot of different ways to play i think so when you're talking about the community right um are you talking about your local play group in the netherlands or you are there people like on discord or facebook like how do how do you talk to other cranes and 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 come up with strategies to win (laughs) Uh, it's mostly Discord. It's mostly okay. the crane chat, but also, um, I mean, locally I have a pretty good seed, but there's still only, I think, two or three real crane players. So, um, but at Kotais, it's really great to meet the other cranes as well. Is it a big scene in Netherlands? Like, what's where you? I I don't know the geography of Netherlands. I'm not sure where you are, but in your local scene, is there a lot of players, or is it? You know, what's 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 the scene down there like? So for the store tournaments, we get about 12 to 16, I think. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, there's weekly play close to my house and also uh, in a different town, which is like 30 minutes away. So it, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, that sounds amazing because we, we live in a city with 4 million people and we get, you know, about that as well, unless it's a big, like, you know, uh, Kotai or a elemental championship or something. 
Um, speaking about your deck, um, how far out did you decide in your deck? Because I know we had to submit early. And were you testing different um, splashes and restricted cards? Because your splash and your choice of restricted card I thought was really interesting. I thought it was a good meta decision. Did you want to go into that a bit? So uh, for myself, I set a deadline for deciding the final deck, I think a week or a week and a half before the deadline for actually sending them in so that I could uh, you know, get enough games with it and not make last minute changes. Yep. Um, and I did test a lot of different things. Uh, I think a lot of crane builds were like really good. But uh, you could splash Scorpion, maybe even Unicorn. And then in Dragon, you can play Fury or Policy Debate. I think they were all valid options, so there was a lot of choice there. Um, what do you so... think with Fury? Because I think your list had three let goes, two Furies was the splash. And it speaks yeah, to the true. power and importance of let go um, in the environment at Worlds that you need three of them and you, you chew up one of your restricted cards. Um, but I think it was a great decision. How, during during the actual field of play, in, was it day one A you were in? And then throughout day two, was Fury an important card for you? Do you have any regrets about the deck or do you think in hindsight it was pretty much what you wanted? Uh, I, I wouldn't change anything about the deck if I could uh, <laughs> go back. So in that sense, it was good. And the Fury did really well for me. I think it definitely won some games. I was um, standing up front with Brad Eamon after your game that was streamed <laughs> on stream yeah. where you double furied his, his Kenku turn one and he was spewing, he was smoking his cigarette and uh, he was quite irate about it. And he said, he said to me, you know, as soon as that move happened, I knew I was cooked, but I had to play out the game <laughs> and we both kind of laughed about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> that must have felt pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fortunate. I was supposed to have the two furies, but uh, it really paid off. And like if I have two policy in debates in that position, then it's a very hard game, I think. Yep. And is that was that decision Fury in my eyes was always good for Crane against Dragon, and maybe even in the mirror match, it's quite good. Is that the main deck you were using it for, or was it? Did you just feel it was good against Crab, good against Dragon, your harder matchups? So um, I felt I kind of had to play Let Go to stand a chance against Dragon. I think the Scorpion Splash is actually a lot worse against them if uh, your Dragon opponent has a good idea of what they're doing. And so the the other cards are kind of just filling out the Dragon Splash. And I found that none of the cards were really... I, I didn't want any of them in my deck besides Fury. Um, so yeah, it was kind of the only option. Cool. Was anybody else running Fury in... Uh... In the world championships, did anybody re does anybody require? I didn't see any others. I, I, to me, it's like it was probably the third most chosen, right? Like Forge Edict and Policy Debate seem to be the two more popular I, ones, but I don't have stats. The only deck yeah. that I saw Fury in the whole weekend was Eric's. Did you see Eric any other cranes that took Fury? Uh, I've talked to a few. I there was definitely at least one other crane that was playing yeah. Fury. Yeah. Okay. Because that seems like the standout, the standout card in your deck uh, that that seemed to give you the edge, right? Uh, yeah, it really, it really did a lot of work, and I think maybe before Worlds, I think Fury was definitely underrated, and Policy Debate was overrated. 
Like, I don't think that card is all that good. Yeah, of all of the restricted list cards, that seems to be the one that gets the least play, in my opinion. Do you think it'll come off the restricted list when they update that in a couple of weeks? Uh, no, I don't think so. They won't. <laughs> they don't want all the clans running policy debate again. I, I hope it doesn't. Just put on their good insanity. All right. So going into worlds, were you? So you you came up with the deck. You chose the splash. Um, assessing the meta, like predicting the meta. My first question is: Did what you think the meta would be was that reality? And also, did you think that Crane had a reasonable shot? Because I don't know. From from Ben and I, we were we were in a bunker in Hollywood discussing it, and we thought Crane <laughs> had no hope uh, at beating Dragon. We so we just wrong. assumed. <laughs> yeah, we were very wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did think um, it was like forty sixty at best for Crane against Dragon, and I didn't really think that. Crane had any chance to win the whole event. Um, so you had that semi-final, right? What was the other question? The I other think... question was, uh, how was your assessment of what the meta would be like oh, yeah. that matchup with reality? Uh, I was expecting a lot of Scorpions, which I think was uh, accurate. And a lot of Cranes, which I think were the most uh, represented clans. So that was accurate. Uh, beside that, I mean, there were some really weird decks, right, that I definitely didn't see coming. I don't think anyone did. What about Pintor's deck? He was the people's champ, and I was... Yeah. As soon as I got knocked out, I wanted him to win just because of his crazy deck. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to play against him at all, unfortunately, but it looked really f like fun and innovative, and he did really well with it, so I think that's very impressive. I, I noticed your semi-final against Kingsley... Kingsley, a very well-noted dragon player. Um, what do you think gave you the edge there? Um, that seemed like it was a very tight match. Yeah, so I, um, I don't remember everything completely, but I think I got a scout on turn one, and uh, we had open deck lists at that point, so I knew he didn't have any assassination. <laughs> so I was able to just put two fate on it without concern. <laughs> and then... Um, I think, honestly, he put a lot of attachments on uh, the Crab Skirbisher 1 cost. Um, and then I was able to Fury that at some point, and the attachments didn't really pay off at all. So I think um, there were also some better lines available for him. Yeah. Well, I know there was a big crowd around, and there was when you managed to finally win that game, there was a bit of a roar. I was sitting in the stands watching the streaming game and your game was for those that didn't go to worlds there was like the little mothership where where all the streaming and the cameras were and the other semi-final which was eric's was taking place behind there and uh we all heard you know the big roar as everyone was shouting in kind of amazement and support and just cheering for eric so that was that was a big game um very exciting game uh so i think there's merlin did you say there was a few questions um the people posted up on Facebook for the People's Champion. Yeah, we had uh, quite a bit of um, quite a bit of uh, people asking questions for you, Eric. Um, so I guess I guess we'll just go through them in in no particular order. But um, Evan Gibbs, uh, who was top Phoenix on day one A, would like to know how you're faring with all the attention. Uh, it's all good, home. honestly, so far. It's only good attention, so uh, <laughs> it's it's really nice. 
Does everybody call you Shogun? Yeah, they do. I went to my game shop last week, and uh, the the owner was telling everyone that uh, Shogun arrived. So, <laughs> <laughs> so was it a bit of a hero's welcome at home then when you got home? Everyone yeah, yeah. was pretty happy that you won. Yeah, definitely. Did you have training partners at home? Like, there were there people that um, you know at home that you had your local play group that helped you. You feel like being able to play a lot with them helped you get the experience needed to win. Uh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I, we didn't really meet specifically to train, but I play a lot with them, and I think the paper games help a lot with um, getting a different perspective and you know remembering all the things that you have to do in paper but not online. That's a, that's a uh, so yeah. That's a really good point, and it's something that I think the online community, at least the the hardcores, have kind of dismissed a bit. Is is drilling in in live games of L five R. And I've always thought that like Jigoku is a very, very great emulator for L5R, but it's not perfect. And so it's inter interesting for me to hear you say that that was super important for you, um, was doing both, right? You get the, the reps online, but you're testing yeah. in person, right? Any yeah, particular... I think it's definitely a big one. Yeah, let's get, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Was... I was going to say, is any particular players or game stores or any anything that you wanted to shout out that you think um, you know were really helpful for you? You wanted to thank? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, shout out to friends and foes Amsterdam for being my home shop. Uh, always welcoming. Great drinks, very cheap. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to name all my local players. There's too many of them. So sorry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I would like I would like to thank all of them for the games. Hashtag all the local players. Local <laughs> friends of <players. laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, Ronnie Sutu would like to know uh, what your rankings are, like most easy to most difficult matchups. You reckon you could give us like a one through seven from <laughs> Why don't we just do one through difficult? three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hardest is definitely Dragon. Um, they just have insane actions on all their cards at a really brutal province row. And then second would be Phoenix. Uh, I think they can go really fast with uh, Supernatural Storms. And uh, a lot of them are playing 1x Karmic Twist again, which is really, really bad for Crane. And then obviously if they get a Kanjo out at any point or Tadaka, then I just die. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, so, I, I often wonder if Tadaka is going to go on the restricted list. So Eric, Eric, your deck, the the splash you chose, it seems l much less resilient to Tadaka, um, whereas opposed to the crane variant, sorry, the scorpion splash variant, where you have ways to kill him out of conflicts like knob sack and stuff. Did you were you was that a conscious choice to say, all right, I'm gonna give up a little ground in my Phoenix match to get a better chance against top dog in Dragon? Uh yeah, yeah, it is. I think uh, Furious probably at its worst in that matchup as well but um i think even if you splash scorpion you can fate worse and death him once but um i think you're still not going to win the game probably if uh they can stabilize and get him out so i chose to splash this instead to try and win before he shows up basically cool hmm. all right uh, um... after that i'm not too sure I, I think the rest is about equal probably 
Uh, Thomas Vandenberg would like to know, uh, what would it take to make honor a viable main win condition? And would you ever consider an honor deck over a conquest deck? I'm guessing in competitive play. All right. So Thomas is a local player who tries to make a lion honor deck every cycle. <laughs> <laughs> it worked that well so far. I suspected something. Shout out to you, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would it take to make it viable? I think um, it's kind of obvious, maybe, but I think you just need ways to get honor, really, because most of the things um, that are in the game currently, I think, are about stealing honor. So it doesn't really make sense to get an honor deck with that because it's it's easier to bring them to zero. So I think some things like reverse watch commander or reverse yeah. Scorpio struggled or something like that. I like yeah, I always find reverse watch commander sounds amazing. I always find it difficult to justify playing honor or dishonor decks in competitive play because you have to you have to outright win inside the time limit, so it doesn't really give you a whole lot of play if you go to time. Yeah, that's true. You you'll have to be fast. Shay, our our good friend from the Jade Throne, would like to know: Are you on team cat or team dog? Uh, do you, do you know what cat. he's referring? Do you know what he's team referring cat. to? No, I don't. <laughs> I thought he was talking about cats and dogs. Uh, Shay, Shay would be very disappointed. Shay's, I think Shay's trying to get a character in the game that is a dog. Oh yeah. Oh, like, you know, you know, they, you know, they're having the current creator card competition. Uh, he's he's lobbying for uh, people to vote for a dog if it ever comes up as an option. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there used to be a, animals in the old game. Dogs most, and most elephants. Most of war dogs. <laughs> That's it, yeah. yeah. Tigers. There's like a stalking tiger. There was a hunting tiger as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Team Cat, you heard it, you heard it here, Shay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, do you know a guy called Daniel Schroeder? That's Schroeds. He's a uh... yeah, yeah. He wants to know who your favorite opponent was and why was it him. <laughs> um. So before the round that I played against him, this was on day two. Mm -hmm. Um, the round before that, I won my match fairly quickly, and then uh, a couple of my friends uh, lost in kind of bad ways, like um, didn't remember to trigger their mark of shame. Or uh, oh, no. time ran out and their opponent didn't really just like stop doing anything after 65 minutes, so they won a tiebreakers 10 minutes later. So I was uh. feeling a little bit like on guard about that, and um, you know, really trying to remember all my triggers. And then we sat down, and he was uh, he was really friendly, and he was he made it clear from the start that it was not going to be that kind of game. So that that was very nice. Now, is he the crab player? That plays with legitimate real spyglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I looked over. I, I was sitting <laughs> on the other table, and I see a Satoshi with like twelve attachments and two actual spyglasses, one in each hand. It was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, I, it was, that was a you know Schroeds. It was great to meet Schroeds. Um, he was a fantastic, fantastic dude. A lot of fun and real spyglasses. Yeah. That's a tip for like. People are all high on luxury tokens, which I think are great, you know, pipping out their sets. But think about actual spyglasses. Look at your cards, find out what they are, and just bring a bring a like a, a real version of them. 
Like yeah, bring bring an actual Jade Tetsubo to threaten your opponent with when he uh, <laughs> when he. <you> know... <laughs> there was a guy. I don't know if you guys remember, but at the Melbourne Kote, there was a guy uh, that was handing out little pieces of Jade oh, yeah. to put on as his finger of Jade. I think Rob ended up with a couple. Yeah, he gave some to me. I played him. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Frotop would like to know what is your favorite liqueur to leisurely drink. And what is your favorite to shoot? Uh, favorite to drink? Um, whiskey, I guess. And shoot? I don't know. I, re I really have a distaste for the normal shooting things. Um, I guess something with cinnamon would be right. Like Gold Strike. I'll tell you what you shouldn't shoot. And nobody <laughs> should ever shoot. Is this horrible shit called Bramble Mint? And it just should never be touched. Thanks, Froto, this... for that that experience. I'll never forget. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, the drinks after the final day, you had the opportunity to sample um, the good old clan drink called "To Do What We Must." Uh, what did you think? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. What did you think of that? It was it was nice. It was good. Did you? It uh, very nice color. Was it blue? It was blue. Yeah. For yeah. for people that don't know, um, there's a book a book of clan themed drinks that was sort of about the place for old cotes and things like that. The crane to do what we must uh, is a combination of vodka, blue curacao, white cranberry juice, and lime juice. That was a pretty serious that, drink. That does that is that is a boozy. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, think, I, I think you you sorted me out with Kachiko's kiss. Kachiko's kiss. That's right. Yeah, that was great. Oh, that was delicious. That was an expensive <laughs> night. <laughs> God, it was intense. Uh, Alex Jacobs had a bunch of questions, so I've kind of just chopped it up, and we'll just ask a couple. I think you've already answered the question about how to become a crane player, but did. You answer, what do you think Crane's biggest weakness is? And how do you think Dragon can exploit it? Um, biggest weakness is late game, I think. Um, we don't really have any super good characters. Like, I guess the best one is Yoshi, but you have to have the favor or he's uh, just stats. So I think the way Dragon can exploit that is by flipping... Mitsu and then putting four or five fate on him. And then he can just defend <laughs> your stronghold every single conflict. That sounds like every clan ever, all right? Like Dragon just needs to put seven fate on Mitsu and that's it. Don't remind me about the seven fate Mitsu. Yeah, isn't that nightmares Five fires that <laughs> I think I need fifteen you say, fires, man. Yeah, fifteen fires. So does it if if uh, you uh win worlds next year territory is that the cards you want consumed by 15 fires yeah it'll cost 14 fate and it will yep. do exactly what consumed by five fires does times three <laughs> it'll be fate efficient because it costs one less <laughs> yeah exactly i've already got johnny shen's approval and he's the the guy you need to talk to about finances in game you know so <laughs> legit investment banking scorpion uh, can we talk, can we talk a bit about the actual final match? Yeah, man. <laughs> Should we get stuck into can it? You, Are we ready? Eric, Eric, before that yeah. match starts, right? You've got like probably, I don't know, 20 minutes between uh, beating Kingsley and starting that match. Were you nervous? Were you like, oh my God, 
are going to be streamed around the world as a huge match or are you cool as a cucumber just didn't care you're like let's start this thing uh no i was i was good to go um <laughs> i'd been on the stream twice already which was helpful uh, i think oh yeah and then i had i had about 10 minutes before the game so i went to get a drink uh i talked to some people and then i went to the area on time so uh no it was chill i like the moment early in the game where you got out um some some ghost stones from your bag to do honor like you hadn't you hadn't <laughs> brought them into play yet i'm like man it's crane v score you got to be prepared <laughs> yeah yeah i just got them from uh riley by mittens i was yeah. playing with uh paper tokens before on stream and so he gave me some ghost stones yeah, you can't show up on stream with paper tokens. It's like going to a wedding in shorts, you know, you just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you put in your formal the good channel. I've got a question for you. Um, prior to the game, I know you probably played Shen a lot online because he he's a serious grinder on the internet. And um he's a very, very tough opponent and he's a specialist like yourself in his clan. Um so did you think that Crane had a good shot against Scorp? Especially your list against his. And in terms of the player, um, did you look for anything in his play that you wanted to exploit, or did you just know it was going to be tough? And what did you think about it? So out of out of all the matchups, I was quite happy to get a scorpion. Uh, I had dragon, oh. phoenix, dragon before that, which uh, are harder matches, I think. And then uh, shot is really good, so you know I was not uh, expecting to win or anything like that. I think all Crane decks are pretty good against Scorpio just because of Cast of Honor. And let go is extra nice because if they find clouds, you can just let them go. Spoiler alert, Guest of Honor played no part in you beating Scorpion at Worlds, which is pretty fucking amazing in and of itself. Um, so that game, um, from a, we were sitting in the rafters just watching, all three of us actually, and we were listening to the commentary on the stream. And from my perspective as an outsider, I think I told you this after the actual uh, final concluded. Um, I It looked really rough. I think it was turn two where he did a fate worse than death into Void Ring. Um, and he yeah. was kind of like obliterating your board. He was mashing Void Ring a lot. And I, I was watching that thinking, man, this is looking rough for, for Eric. And you had to expend a lot of way of the cranes. Did you feel under pressure? Because I think I asked you this question, but I'm curious to hear... If you have any like revised thoughts about it, because to me, I would have cracked under that pressure, man. I would have, I would have fucking thrown my deck in the air. <laughs> so there was uh, two moments in the game where I was really feeling bad about it, which is uh, when he flipped the hidden moon dojo in the middle on turn two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was rough. brutal. <laughs> yeah, that that was that definitely felt bad, and then. Um, I think the turns after that, I was feeling alright because he wasn't really making progress to actually winning the game. Like, I had enough honor to be safe and he didn't get any breaks, so that that seemed fine to me. I wasn't really feeling behind that whole time. And then in the final turn when he played the Kachiko, I thought I must be dead because otherwise he wouldn't play her. Yeah, that's a, it's a good point. I think something that um, Toridai talked about a lot that Kachiko is the closer in Scorpion. It's very rare that you'll see the sort of top-tier Scorpion plans play Kachiko at any other time apart from when they realize they've seen they've seen victory. They're like, all right, 
Now's the time to drop Kachiko. It's time to finish the game. So it's rare you'll see Kachiko played early. So I can imagine that you were probably worried thinking that Johnny's got this. <laughs> so yeah, what, definitely. What was the game plan then? So he definitely got um, some advantage early on. But you realize that he wasn't he wasn't progressing towards his victory condition. So what was your game plan at that point then? Like how did you uh, intend to navigate your way to victory? Uh, so it turned out that the hidden moon doja was on um, upholding authority, which mm -hmm. was um, I think Anil told me later that he thought that was the best one it could have flipped on for me, but during the game it felt really bad because I just I just couldn't break it with, um, I think I had three court games and three for shame or something like that. I think you had three so, voice of honors at one point. Yeah. And I yes. was like, oh, yes. if he breaks this. So so there was a conflict there that the I looked over and I saw Pintor like yelling at, at Tyler about where you were both playing cards to try and lower your own skill. Did you, did you want to <laughs> yeah. talk about that for a minute? insane conflict I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so that that was one of the clear mistakes that I made in the finals. So I was attacking with the challenger with a katana for five on the upholding authority, but I couldn't afford to break it at that point because he would see my hand discard two or three great cards, and um, I think I would have lost from there. So that was um, an ignoble enforcers on a province next to the dojo. And in my mind, they were already in play because he could play them at any moment. So I was planning to pull them in, but um, I couldn't, obviously. Right, I see. Um, what, what is your feeling generally about provinces like that? Because you see that with Feast or Famine as well. Those are, I think, the, are the only two where like both players are trying to lose the conflict. <laughs> Does that feel weird to you? Uh, I guess it's a bit silly, but I don't mind it that much. I think they're... Well, let me say, I think Upholding Authority is a fine province. I don't want to say that about Feaster Fan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. after that conflict, I think you had to expend your third let go on your own katana. Um, at that point, uh, the casters, uh, Anil and Fro, made it pretty clear to all of us that that was the last let go, and therefore Guest of Honor was probably not going to play a part in the, in the rest of the game. How did you feel about your prospects of closing out the game given that Guess was probably going to get clouded as soon as she hit the table. Did you feel like you had enough oomph? Um, and also, I wanted to ask you, um, there were no breaks, I believe, at any point in the game. Did you always see Dishonor as your primary win condition in that matchup? Uh, I think going in at the start of the game, it's, the plan is definitely to break his provinces. And um, I never really planned to win by Dishonor until it happened. Like... Um, I think it's just too hard with the Scorpion Stronghold. So my plan was to kind of outlast him on the board and have more faith, and then hopefully uh, at some point take the favor away from him so his censures are not on anymore. Um, and then start breaking stuff. That was the plan. Right. I think there was a turn there where you were both on about two or three honor, and you had you may have one dishonored guy, I think. This is all from memory, but um, you flopped Callow Delegate, um, and that was like just an instant buy, right? You buy him for for no fate, and he keeps you afloat for at least another point of honor. Was that card important in your games throughout the tournament? Um, I think it was just that game 
honestly. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was that good. So I think I think the other big moment in that game, apart from you cl- uh, claiming victory, was uh, the the very infamous uh, cunning magistrate uh, throw play. Uh, when yeah. yeah. So for those of you who haven't watched the stream, go and watch the stream. I think you just search, go to twitch.tv and search for FFG Live, and you'll be able to see it. But there was a key conflict where uh, uh, Shenful uh, Johnny Shen put a cunning magistrate into play whilst he had a dishonored uh, goblin sneak, which he thought was going to get him enough force to put him in front of the conflict, but he forgot that, I guess, cunning also affects his own characters. Um, what was going through your head when he played cunning magistrate? Did you think it was part of a bigger cunning plan? <laughs> bigger plan? <laughs> or, or, or did you think it was an error immediately when he did it? Um, I, I didn't realize immediately that it was a mistake. Like, I thought he would play, um, what's it called? The minus two, minus two character from his province oh, with uh, Hidden Moon Dojo. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, so he played it and then we had the large dice on the, on the side for the game and the judge moved it to seven. And I thought, uh, like, am I missing something or? It should be four, right? So I waited for a second, and then I asked about the dice, and it was... I was right, it should be four. And then it was clear that it was a mistake. Like, he made it clear as well, so... Yeah, because I didn't that, see it immediately. That conflict, I think it was for... A, it was Voidring, I believe. And it was a pretty crucial one, because you had a guy with one fate who was pretty towered up. And um, you, you guys both spent a lot of cards, and so that did feel like a turning point. Um something that i think we discussed after the game at the bar eric was how how players like react to making mistakes because i know you i i think i think you admitted to me after the game that the the turn you played a fury on a a chud and then shen used hidden moon dojo to just play another guy into the conflict Mm -hmm. um that was that was an expenditure of your restricted card and that was like clear mistake but you from then on just seemed to steal yourself and just deal with it did you think that johnny shen um, played differently after he played the Cunning Magistrate? And did you feel the game turning? Like, could you feel it in the middle of it? Or was it something that you had to look at after? Um, I can't really I can't really speak for Johnny Shan, but I think that did affect him. I think it was a bigger mistake as well. Like, it was more costly. But, um, yeah, I, I guess almost every game you will make some mistakes, whether you realize them or not. And if you do see them, it's it is important to not let it affect your play. Yeah, uh, I don't really, I don't really know how to advise people to do that, but you have to try, I guess. Cool. Do you do any meditation or anything like that? Because I know for me, I could definitely use a dose of that in my life. When I'm on Jukoku, <laughs> I, <laughs> I scoop pretty quick if, if things aren't going well. Uh, not really. Like not. Um, coordinate or anything but before every game at least on day two i try to take five minutes without talking to anyone and just think about you know the plan and the matchup and things like that uh that's really interesting that sounds like a pretty good uh ritual i like that all right so we're getting right towards the end of the match you uh finally seal a deal you win the game was that was it a sense of relief was it joy like how, how did it feel to realize that you were the 
best player in the entire world for Legend of the Five Rings for that one moment? Uh, I was really happy about it. I don't think it. I um. I don't think it really showed. I just went to clear out my stuff, but it felt really great to uh, bring it up. <laughs> yeah, everyone was shouting, Eric, Eric, Eric. There was like a big chant throughout the, but, the center there. <laughs> speaking as a spectator and a fan of rings, I thought that final was magnificent. Like it, it just showed so much of the nuance that is that Crane-Scorpion matchup so well. And, you know, like trading cards, expending cards, and especially what you did where you held cards back for so many turns. Like you held court games, you held for shames until the ultimate moment you needed them. And that matchup has a lot of moments like that. So from a spectator, it was such a fucking great game to watch. I just had such a good time. Oh, man, it's fantastic. I, I was um, actually in the stands. I had uh, the Twitch feed on my phone. So I had like my headphone in one ear um, so I could hear uh, Anil, uh, MD and Frotop do the commentary. <laughs> so I was getting the commentary, watching the game. It was a little bit delayed, but I felt like I was at the cricket just you know in the stands it was fantastic it was a it was a really great time to yeah and you know what the match you couldn't have asked for a better final it was a fantastic final johnny shen phenomenal player you're you're obviously the uh phenomenal crane and yeah it was, it was just great worlds <laughs> um after that there was a there was some pretty awesome pageantry and i think they did it really well where they brought up top of each clan and got them to select roles and and the families for the story implications did you have like ideas going into that what sort of role you choose and did it hit you that you were the person that was going to decide you know how crane were going to be playing for the next few months or was it just in the moment you kind of went with with your gut uh so i think when i made it to the round of eight i was the last crane remaining so i uh heard then that i would make the role choice um it was kind of weird because we had a poll and um, I think everyone kind of agreed Secret Fire was the best initially, but that was before um, it was announced that Feast or Famine was getting restricted. Uh, yep. And after that, a lot of people, maybe I think less than half, but still a lot of people, including a lot of very good players, um, thought that Secret Void would probably be just better because, um, you know, Pilgrimage is very good and you can still play another restricted card. So I hadn't really decided until after the finals ended what I was going to pick. Wow. <laughs> and so what was what what gave you what gave Seeker of Fire the edge? Why not why not Seeker Avoid? What was what was slightly better about that role you thought? Um So in terms of the crane deck, I think uh it was definitely more interesting. Like all the void roll locked cards are um, pretty much unplayable, and for fire you have the imperial librarian, who is a two cost two two that gives everyone else plus one glory. So that seemed like a interesting option for crane, and then also icon of favor seemed maybe reasonable at least to test. So I think fire was definitely more interesting. Um, and then I talked to the other top of clans and it turned out that um taking secret void would kind of give a lot of other clans a bad role that they didn't want um so i 
I picked Secret of Fire mostly for that reason, I guess. I heard um, I heard that uh, Alex Dunseth, aka joking me, he was standing there with a beer in one hand and his wallet in the other, and he was ready to throw money at you if you to to, <laughs> to pick the right role because there's a lot riding was, on that yeah. for the crabs. The crabs would would have been pretty destroyed. I guess they yeah, could have got he a. He was talking to Kingsley to uh, not take keep, Keeper of Water. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious i mean crazy so kingsley was seriously thinking about taking keeper of order like the double double keeper role for uh for dragon yeah yeah i asked him what he would do if i picked seeker of void and um he said he was probably going to take keeper of water yeah and md told me the same thing earlier that day so i uh i believed him (laughs) (laughs) oh so Last question about the whole worlds thing, and then we'll we'll talk about some non-world stuff. Um, the story choice there uh, is a lot of. I mean, it's one of the aspects of Legend of the Five Rings that I think um, isn't as evident in other card games. There's this whole story facet, and people get quite excited by it. Um, the you chose, I think, Kakita Kaizen as your story choice to go, and I'm not exactly sure what Kakita Kaizen was going to do. What can you remember? What's what was the reason you chose Kaizen, and what was what was it that he was doing? Uh, so what he's going to do is escort the husband of our clan champion to um, the Fox Clan, where he is from, right. to ask for their aid against the filthy pirate Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> Shade thrown. <laughs> Oh, I love this game, man. It's so, it brings <laughs> passion in people, you know? <laughs> Filthy pirates. That's one way to put it. So, so Kaizen, you think, is yeah. the best, best spot to uh, make sure that uh, you've got the fox's aid against those dodgy pirates. Yeah, so uh, Kaizen will escort him there and keep him safe and things like that. And um, yeah, the reason I chose him is just because he's such a legend. <laughs> what makes Kaizen a legend? He didn't even make your deck. I don't think he did anyway. No, he did. He did. I had Is he two your deck? Decks, two of him. Oh, wow. So, I... yeah. Did he get I a was, lot of I use? Gonna... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that need... I need that to be explained, right? Like, I don't understand that card at all. Yeah, I, I don't know if I played him even once, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, but he's a legend, is he? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, definitely. Like he, he's in there because there are no really great options for those last slots, or at least there weren't. And I think against Lion or against Unicorn, he can actually be pretty good. Yeah, that's true. He's good for like AOE, like wide character control. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and right. I, I think his duel is kind of uh, a much more interesting way to do duels where you're. Like, the effect if you lose is not that you just uh, get screwed really hard, like with Ballsy Debate or Retsugu or whatever. Yeah. And I think, so it, the bidding is way more interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I like seeing the Children of Emperor, uh, new set or Children of the Empire. There's, like, the unicorn guy where, you know, if you lo- the loser goes home and the winner, you know, gets dragged into the battle. So it's kind of you've got these two options and you're not really sure like you can play mind games with your opponent what you're actually trying to achieve 
I do like the jewels where the the lose condition can actually be quite interesting and something you might be trying to achieve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So um, we we've got a few minutes left before we need to wrap up. Um, there was some news around the traps. It's been a little bit quiet um, at time of recording. We don't have the new restricted list. We assume that's coming out at some point soon. But feast of famine. Not restricted yet. But very I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed with that that they hadn't they didn't just do it straight away. Yeah. Maybe there's uh, other cards going on. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think what they might be doing is looking for just a little bit of data around some of the new decks that are coming out with the new roles. It's always better to make you know decisions with more data points. Just in case. Just in case there's yeah. something crazy. Yeah. Well, hopefully they don't restrict Hurricane Punch, that new core component of Scorpion. Um, the, <laughs> yeah you guys will see um, but the, there is uh, a tournament that's being run community driven one uh, the uh, flashback tournament so it's uh, on discord uh, you can go to the global discord channel and have a look at the discord league announcements uh, it's the 18th today and today's your last day to get your deck in but it's using um, the same rules that last year's world's used so it's the first rolls um so rolls we haven't played with for a long time um and it's you know triple core so it's just core set uh yeah and no restricted list so it's gonna be a fun wacky tournament i've read scorpion have you, have you guys registered for that no i'm not sure that i'm going to i like <laughs> the idea but i'm not sure that i i want to play that environment i to be honest, man, like being a lion guy at heart, it feels like if I don't play lion, I'll, I'll get knocked out by some random lion in the tournament. <laughs> and if I do play lion, it'll be like Matthew McConaughey in Days and Confused, like hanging out with high schoolers, like reliving my glory years, you know, like yeah. hitting on high school girls, but you know, back when I was a stud. But yeah, it, it, I think it's just a little too depressing for a lion guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with that. I can't play without cute Nasala. Sorry. What about you, Eric? Are you registered? And how do you think Crane would do in core? I think they did it right at the Worlds. Yeah, so I haven't registered yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to play. Um, I think the idea is fun, but maybe... I mean, I already have a new deck to play with, so... Um, I think Crane is probably fine. Uh, we have Keeper of Water, which is really pointless. And that... <laughs> <laughs> it was a Keeper of Water. Yeah, Crane yeah. Keeper of Water what the um john urbanek who who was finalist in last year's worlds um yeah. he was running like perfect gift and displayer powers in crane i think Sweet. phoenix is pretty good perfect gift man what a card staple in so many decks right <laughs> I, I, kingsley, I, kingsley ran uh phoenix splash at last year's worlds ended up in yep. top four i think phoenix yeah. is really strong okay, as really a splash good. I encourage um, people who didn't experience the game in Tricord to go and play just for the fun of it because it was a different game. In many ways, it was a little more balanced. Like, there weren't as many outrageous effects. Lion's Pride Blola was the big bad. She, she was like the, uh, the the villain of the whole the whole environment. Um, mm -hmm. Nowadays, there's way worse things like Mitsu and Tadaka. But um, yeah, it's a really fun environment. But I think for me, I'll, I'll abstain. The old um, charge, charge Taturi for greater glory nonsense stop stop it stop it ben you get me all what? hot and bothered mate <laughs> that crab 
Just have Casada charge Casada. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Charge Casada reprieve. See you later. Good. Well, I've registered Scorpion anyway. We'll see how that goes. So there's going to be uh, a bit of a break for the the normal uh, global Discord league that'll kick off again in January, which hopefully we'll see Children Empire. Who knows? But uh, but as the uh, resident commissioner of the Australian Discord League. Uh, we got any updates? How's that tracking so far? <laughs> well, um, I found it quite difficult while I was uh, gallivanting around the United States to actually like do my job as as admin <laughs> of that tournament. I think you, you and I both dropped. Wi-Fi at the Grand Canyon. I mean, they, <laughs> they absolute. I had internet the whole time. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I just imbibed a lot of booze and I was doing a lot of other stuff, and it kind of just I just didn't have the I just didn't put in the effort to be honest. And uh, but I just paired the next round, so. Pairings are up. You guys can go and check that out. So we're and, uh, week week five, but week three is up. <laughs> um, I'm just yep. looking. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six players who are currently undefeated in the field. So the person who's on top is actually fellow roller Merlin. So <laughs> currently just destroying. <laughs> um, what are you writing? You're writing Phoenix, and of course you are. And you're about to fight Patty. So Patty's playing. So the, I just go. I'll just go through the top six. We'll, this is an Australian podcast. We should shout out our fellow Aussies. So Merlin, um, top seat. Stovey, who's a well-known uh, lion player here in Australia. He generally does very well at all the big tournaments. Do you know, you know Stovey. Just just a quick shout out to to you, Stovey. You're the player that I've seen that's improved the most since since I first started playing with you, man. Like the last few games you've given me on Jigoku have been absolutely fierce. So shout out to you. Yeah. So he's, he's second. Then we've got um, Daidoji Suni. Um, apologies, I I'm not, don't recognize that handle. I'm sure... That's the... Adam. That's Adam Fry. Oh, Adam Fry Crane, from Crane, Queensland. Crane Hatamoto, mate. Oh, mate. Adam, is, is he's a gentleman and a scholar. And uh, his son is phenomenal. Um, his friend's son. Oh, friend's son. Of course, his friend's son. But yeah, I met, met Adam at the Australian Cote. The Queensland scene um, has had its like has generally been the like pretty strong um, in old five R, and it seems like they've got a, a decent scene up there at their moment. And they definitely, when they came down this year for Cote, they gave us a run for our money for sure. Um, then we got Cat, aka Cryptic Dragon, is uh, in fourth. Cat's from the- Adelaide. She she played Dragon at Cote. She's a cool cool girl. So. It's good to see some some other names up there too, um, and then we've got Paddy, as the, the uh, Paddy is is the dragon player in fifth, and Edwin, um, who's a, a scorpion player in sixth. Um, Edwin's quite he asks us questions sometimes on uh, on rollers, and is a <laughs> great scorpion player. So it's good and if to you see- know us at all, you know that we're vain men, and anyone who asks us questions or interacts with us in any way, we respect and admire. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> so it should be some good match how are you feeling about your matchup with uh patty merlin so you've got a uh, I'm not, take on the I'm dragon not sure. i don't think i've uh played patty before to be honest i'm not really sure what my approach to the match is going to be um i think i got lucky in my last round um i played against uh dave who's been out of it for a little while so i think he didn't have a whole lot of practice so I'm not really sure. I hadn't hadn't really thought about it today until the pairings went up. <laughs> All right. So in big other big tournament news, there's been a bit of lull for the World Cup, as you know we had we had the World Physical Championships, but the Discord League World Cup um, 
we're, at we're up to bracket. And so that's going to be kicking off again uh, very soon. So Hey, deck, hey yeah. Eric, did you, did you Dutch boys make it through in the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, nice. So they do you know who you're playing yet or has it not been posted? Uh, I think we play Switzerland next. Oh, yeah. that's going to be a good match. So we're up yeah. to top eight. We've got Netherlands versus Switzerland. And how are you feeling about Netherlands shot? Do you think you guys have got a chance against the Swiss? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think we have three good players. So, yeah. Who's who's your uh, who are your teammates? Um, it's uh, my friend Nelson who plays Crane for our team, and then <clears throat> um, Yost plays Crab, and Constantine plays Scorpion. Oh, cool. That's quite a strong team there. All right, so we've got, and then there's Canada versus Germany, Singapore versus Sweden, and France versus Greece. So Sweden knocked out the United States of America. Oh, you, EU greater than US again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just constantly. <laughs> so, so yeah, we had a playing round which had a few matches where Switzerland knocked out Spain. The Rus Russians got defeated by Germany. I think they did not play, maybe. They're in red for some reason, um, or disqualified. And then the Greeks beat Italy. So I think the Greek Greek versus French match is going to be a great one to watch. I'm certainly looking forward to uh, to, to getting those streams back up and seeing those games. Should be I would fun. love to cast one or yeah. two, and I'll definitely yeah. be watching for and sure. And the good thing is, the re part of the reason why they got delayed was to give a bit of space, because lots of people were traveling for you know worlds going to minnesota um but also now the decks have had to be resubmitted so they're now locked for the top eight going onwards but they're using the new rules so their new roles um etc so we will be actually this will be the first taste we'll see of the mini meta at a competitive level because i guess this meta will last like a couple of months until chill and the emperor comes out but it should be you know a fun fun marquee event in the or uh, global calendar. Um, okay, guys. Uh, anything else that uh, anybody wanted to just shout out before we head off there, uh, Rollers? <laughs> you got anything, Merlin? Wow. Uh, the only thing that really came to mind, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the story choice that Eric made for Crane, and it reminded me of a Jade Throne episode where they were talking through their various clan choices, and I thought that was really a very interesting episode. It was focused more on sort of story and hypothesizing about what some of these choices could mean. So maybe maybe a shout-out to them and uh, go and have a listen to that episode. I thought it was really good. Cool. Uh, and maybe uh, we probably haven't... Have we shouted out the Legend of the Five or More podcasts thing? Yeah, and we, in fact, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, we published it on our stream, um, so it was like two episodes ago. Uh, Merlin actually set up the whole, the whole like, crazy, like, how many podcasts were there? Like six or so? Yeah, six this time. I think there were seven last time. Yeah, you did an amazing job engineering that thing. I have no <laughs> idea how we managed Next to... Next time I'll remember to bring two, two more mics. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, I would like to shout out um, Minnesota and Roseville in particular. Um, thanks for your hospitality. Thanks for the uh, the amazing cuisine, especially for vegans and go Vikings. Yeah, go Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, 
Eric, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest. Thank you so much, and best of luck uh, in Worlds defending your title next year. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, hope to see you there. No worries. You will. You will. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Cheers, guys. And until next week, we've been the Rollers.